0: Before the pandemic, our church was experiencing explosive growth. Our biggest problem was finding enough parking for everybody. But then the pandemic hit and it all stopped. And then when we started meeting again in person, we didn't have any problem finding parking for everybody. I remember thinking, this shouldn't be happening. This shouldn't be this way. Now that's not the first time that I've thought like that. I've had times in my life where I've second-guessed my decisions or I don't like the circumstances I'm in. And I can get so angry and frustrated and think, this shouldn't be this way. This shouldn't be happening. But that's why I love reading from the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was a missionary and a pastor. And he, he traveled all over the world and he started churches wherever he went. But then one day that all stopped when he found himself in a Roman prison and he couldn't do anything about it. But instead of saying, this shouldn't happen this way, he had a positive perspective and he believed that God was still at work. This is what he said when he wrote to the church in Philippi. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. You see, although Paul was in prison, he had this belief that God was using his imprisonment to advance the gospel throughout the whole Roman Empire. You see, nothing could get Paul down. He had this belief, instead of worrying about this shouldn't happen this way, he had this belief that God was using everything for the good of his kingdom. Now it's your turn. Do you find yourself saying today, this shouldn't happen this way, this shouldn't be happening? Well, look at how Paul looked at everything. Take a different perspective and have this belief that God can use this. In fact, maybe you could even practice saying that. Next time you you're struggling at work, say, God could use this. When your child is is having trouble making friends at school, say, God could use this. When another crisis comes up in the news, say, God could use this. And when you say that, you will be filled with joy. Let's pray. Lord God, instead of looking at all of the negative things that are going on, give us the faith and the confidence that you can use it all so that we could be filled with joy no matter what the circumstances. Amen. I have a love-hate relationship with the game of golf. I love being outside. I love hanging out with friends. I love the challenge of a difficult hole. But when it's all over, I gotta count up the score. And that's when I agonize over the, the missed shots, the missed opportunities, or or maybe get envious about how somebody else shot better than I did. When I keep score, I I seem to find an unhealthy identity in that number. And that doesn't just happen with golf. It can happen in anything we keep score in. It can happen at keep score of our numbers at work or our numbers in our bank account, keeping score of our grades at school, And it's not necessarily wrong to to keep track of those numbers, to keep the score. But it becomes unhealthy when we make that our identity. When we identify too strongly with those numbers, we either get puffed up with pride or fall into crushing despair. And that's why I love what the Apostle Paul says when he's writing his letter to the Philippians from prison. He talks about how in the past, he used to find his identity in his accomplishments, especially his spiritual performance, but then he became a Christian. And this is what he said. But whatever were gains to me in the past, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus as my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. Hear what he's saying? He's saying, Compared to knowing Jesus and his accomplishments and what Jesus has done for me, I consider everything else a loss. And because he, he focused so much on what Jesus had done for him, he no longer had to keep the score. He no longer was puffed up with pride or fell into crushing despair. He had the peace of God and joy in all circumstances. In fact, that's why he told the Philippians to rejoice in the Lord. And and when they would rejoice in the Lord, that would be a safeguard over their heart, keeping them from those unwanted feelings of pride or despair. So that's what I want you to do. Rejoice in the Lord today. Rejoice in the Lord uh, no matter what's going on in your life. Rejoice in the spiritual blessings that you have in Christ. And when you are rejoicing in the Lord, you won't get puffed up with pride or fall into despair. Let's pray. Lord God, there's all sorts of things that I could keep track of today. could keep track of, of my golf score, my numbers. I could get track of, of so many different things. But Lord God, what I need most of all is your record, your perfection, your forgiveness, your love. And when you give me your perfection, I won't fall into pride or despair. Amen my favorite movie of all time is Back to the Future. I remember being a kid and always, uh, if it was on TV, I would have to stop everything and watch the whole thing. I continue to watch it every few years and I think the reason I love that movie is I always kind of dreamed of going back in time and changing my past. To be honest, I think some of the reasons I love that movie is to change some of the things I've done wrong, some of the sins or mistakes or some of the problems I have in my past. But when I focus too much on changing my past, I can get stuck in this idea that unless I change my past, there's no hope in moving forward. Does that ever happen to you? Do you ever feel like that? That unless somehow you could fix your past, there's no hope and no motivation to move forward? Well, if that's how you feel, I want you to listen to hear what the Apostle Paul says from prison. The Apostle Paul was writing his letter to the Philippians and he said, this is the one thing I do, the one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. He had a lot of things that he could have dwelt on from his past. At one time he persecuted Christians, killing Christians, At one time, he was this angry, vengeful person. He could dwell on all of the the things that led to his imprisonment. But instead of focusing on the past, he forgot what was in the past and pressed on to focus what was in the future. Now, how could he do that? Because he believed that Jesus Christ lived for him, died for him, and rose for him. He believed that because Jesus had forgiven his past, he could forgive himself too. He believed that because God had forgotten his past, he could forget it too. I remember meeting with somebody a a while back and I was telling about some of my past mistakes and this friend of mine said, do you think Jesus has forgiven you? And I said, yes. And he said, then why don't you forgive yourself? And that's what the Apostle Paul did. In fact, he always focused on what was ahead. This is what he said. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He was always pressing on to the goal. What was the goal? To become more and more like Jesus. He got rid of the guilt from the past that kept weighing him down so that every day he could become more and more like Jesus. Now it's your turn. You don't need a time machine. You don't need to change your past. You can forget what is behind, forget the things that are weighing you down, and now pursue Christ. Because you are a forgiven, loved child of God, you can press on to the goal to become more and more like Jesus every day. And it'll fill your life with joy. Let's pray. Lord God, there are so many things that can weigh us down from our past. We can believe this lie that unless we forget our, fix our past, we can't move forward. Lord God, you have already forgiven our past and forgotten our past. So help us to forgive ourselves and help us to forget what happened before so that we can press on to become more and more like you. In your name we pray, amen. I can get caught up in my emotions. Sometimes I feel like I'm on a roller coaster that my highs can be really high and my lows can be really low and it's hard to try to get back some balance. Do you ever feel like that? That maybe you hear another news media story or, or, or some crisis going on in the world and, and you go kind of through the roller coaster of emotions? Well, I found something that really seems to be helpful for me. It's, it's found in Paul's letter to the Philippians in chapter four. And this is what he says when we're dealing with those unwanted emotions He said, Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Paul says, don't be anxious about anything. And he's saying that, but not only is he saying that, he lived that, he's writing these words from prison and he had lots of things that he could be anxious about. He could be anxious about maybe losing his life, he'd be anxious about his next meal, but he found the secret to overcoming these unwanted feelings. He said, present your request to God with thanksgiving. Say a prayer of thanksgiving. You see, when we're grateful and thankful, those are emotions that really tsunami every other emotion that we're feeling. Uh, when you're grateful and thankful and presenting those requests to God, it changes everything else you're thinking. You see, you can't be anxious and afraid and thankful at the same time. So, when I feel myself going through that roller coaster of emotions, I try to stop and say a prayer of thanksgiving. I start listing before the Lord those spiritual blessings that no situation can take away from me. Like, I'm a forgiven, loved child of God. I thank God for that. I thank God that he promises to work out all things, even the evil in this world, and even my bad decisions for my eternal good. And as I'm thanking God, I experience what Paul is promising that the peace of god which goes beyond our understanding starts to guard my mind and my heart from those toxic roller coaster kind of thoughts so how about you are you are you on the roller coaster of emotions right now are you maybe angry or afraid or upset or depressed stop everything and list before your lord a prayer of thanksgiving Thank God especially for those spiritual things that can't be taken away from you. And as you're thankful and grateful before the Lord, let the peace of Christ, which surpasses all understanding, guard your heart and mind from all kinds of toxic thoughts and you will experience God's joy. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that we are forgiven children in Christ. We thank you that you promise to work out all things for our good. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises. And Lord God, as we try to have a thankful heart with your help, we pray right now that you would give us the peace that goes beyond our understanding. Amen. We used to think that when a person was young, their brain was malleable like wet cement. But as they grew up, their brains became more fixed, like the cement was hardening. That's what we used to think, but now because advances in brain research, we realize that that our brains are always changing and growing throughout our life. In fact, instead of looking at our brains like cement, maybe you could compare it more to like Play-Doh. And that's what scientists call neuroplasticity, that our brains are always making new and different changes. And that's good news. That means you don't need to be stuck in the way you've been thinking before, the way that your brain has worked before. You can think differently and literally change your brain and heal and move forward. And that's why I love the way the Apostle Paul talks in Philippians chapter 4. He actually shows us how we can change our brain and the things that we should be focusing on so that our brains will change. He says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about things that are positive, that are praiseworthy, that are noble, that are pure. And when you do, you will literally change your brain. Now, the Apostle Paul didn't just teach this, he lived it. He had lots of things that, that were so negative in his life that he could have been focusing on. He could have focused on the fact that, that he was no longer a, a world-traveling missionary, but he was stuck in prison. He could have focused on the fact that many of the churches that he had started were, were dividing and there was arguments going on. He could have focused on all of the hardships that he was experiencing it. And if he would have focused on all of those hardships, it would have changed his brain. It would have formed his thoughts to be a negative person. But instead, he focused on the opportunities that he had in prison to share the gospel and how God's word was was spreading throughout the palace guard. He focused on how God's word was continuing to spread even in difficult situations. And because he focused on the positive and what was going on that was good, it changed his brain. It, it m- changed his brain in helpful, healthy ways. Now it's your turn. You don't need to be stuck in the thoughts of yesterday, the negative thoughts. You can think differently. You can literally change your brain. And so you could focus on the negative. You could fo- focus on the negative crisis that are going on in our world right now, what's on the latest news report And if you do, you will change your brain to be a negative person. Or you can walk through a different door and you can think differently. You can focus on what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is beautiful. You could focus on Jesus, your savior. And when you do, the peace of God will be with you. Let's pray. Lord God, we have a choice today. We have a choice either to focus on what is negative and that will change our brains or we have a choice to focus on what's positive. Lord God, we pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we would focus on you and what is good and it is right and what you are up to in the world. In your name we pray, amen. Hey friends, you may or may not know that Time of Grace Ministries is 100% donor supported. You know what that means. We wouldn't be here without you at all. Thank you. We're so grateful for the ways that you allow us to encourage others with the word of God and if God would move you in your heart to be able to or to do that again, we'd, uh, we'd be so grateful. Click on the link below and you'll find more opportunities to support the ministry. Hey everyone, Pastor Mike here from Time of Grace. We here at Time of Grace actually have a bunch of podcasts to bless you in your spiritual life. Uh, Dr. Bruce Becker just launched a new podcast called Bible Threads. Uh, He's exploring right now the grand ands of the Bible. Uh, I'm super intrigued by it, so I hope you can check that out. And our friend, uh, Amber L.B. Swenson, almost messed up your name out there, Amber. Uh, She has a great podcast called Little Things that I've actually been listening to for years. Uh, She's a faithful woman of God with a lot of great insights and a passion to teach people. So wherever you get your podcast, make sure you check out Bible Threads with Dr. Bruce Becker and Little Things with Amber L.B. Swenson.